Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. In that spirit, let's just, let's just go to the Lord. God, we, that's the desire of our hearts is today that you're exhausted. As we recognize that your promise when you are lifted up properly that people be drawn to you. And so, God, that's what we want to do. We just want to be drawn closer to you. We want to see you for who you are. And uh, Lord, when people recognize truly who you are, they respond to you properly. So we commit this time. This is yours. We do this for you, God, because we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all the church says, amen. amen. You guys can be seated. Woo, all right. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. All right. Some people are excited about it. It's fine. No, I'm sorry. Hey, welcome to those of you who are online. Um, we are humbled and thankful that you were able to join us um, in those ways. Um, and we ask that you would interact with us today with all the people in the room. Welcome. We are so glad that you have chosen today that we get to worship together um, and see what the Lord has for us um, as we enter his courts or his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and enter his courts with praise. Right? So more than 150 times the scriptures tell us the importance of thanksgiving um, in our lives and that it would be a byproduct of just who we get to know and the life that we get to have in our Jesus. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2 says it this way. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Verse number 2, though. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Anybody redeemed in here that wants to say so? Yeah, all right. I was just kind of a little, little vibe check with you all today. All right, because this is not a place to just attend. This is a place for you to participate. All right, so this is not just, man, hey, entertain me uh, today. But, man, we just, want, we just want to dive in and marinate just a little bit on what the Lord would have for us together. And if I, if I can, um, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to preach this whole sermon last service. Uh, there was so much that was going on in there. So are you okay if I preach a sermon and a half in here? Y'all good with that? Y'all good with that? Like, nah, you're like, no, 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 I know, kickoff's at 12, it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. You know, the Cowboys are, are, are 12, and so, speaking of underdogs, though, um, like, Thanksgiving is like an underdog holiday, isn't it? Y'all feel that? Like, Thanksgiving just feels like this underdog holiday, like it wants to be a major holiday, but it's kind of just trying really hard, and it's not really, you know, not really there. Hey, y'all feel that? So it's because there's some people in the room. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many people here? Let's just divide the room real fast. Let's cause some division as we start preaching. How many of you are like, Christmas is already happening at your house? Christmas tree's up. That's right. Let's go. That's right. A lot of, a lot of people right here. Come on, talking back to me. That's what I'm talking about. How many of you, like, it is blasphemy to have said that? Uh, tree is not going up until, like, Thanksgiving Day or after we have eaten. It's going up the day after. How many of you are? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Maybe... Equal, equal in here. I thought it was more of an underdog. Maybe I'm the underdog today. It's all good. Uh, well, what I want to be able to do uh, today in this few minutes that we get to have uh, together is maybe encourage you. Um, this gets to be uh, you know, a sermon on Thanksgiving. Not that you'd be shocked by that, right? But um, by title, by way of understanding, I want to encourage you in growing gratitude, Growing gratitude, growing in our gratitude, growing in our understanding of gratitude. So before I was in ministry, uh, actually, uh, I went shortly uh, the, the route of pharmacy. Uh, so I was going to be in pharmacy work. Um, and, um, and that kind of made way to 
Uh, I became a manager for the Kroger company, which is a grocery store chain. Um, more so, I think there's some that have kind of trickled into some of the bigger cities in Texas, but more so on the, on the East Coast. So part of that, um, Kroger owns also other banners. So in the West Coast, they own stores called Ralph's. And so Ralph's stores went on strike. So they were shutting their store, like we're going to have to shut the stores down until they started bringing managers and kind of dropping us over there. So I had this opportunity and I was going over to the Ralph's stores, going to kind of like manage an area to try to keep things afloat. And so they, they saved some money on a flight. And it was the, it was, I mean, I, I ended up landing in, in California at like 3 o'clock in the morning. It was terrible. I was tired. I was hungry and thirsty. And I was like, I'm just going to pull into the first place that I can, that's open. And I found myself at a Denny's. Anybody come? All right, all right. Let's go. Excited about Moons Over Miami right here. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so here I was. I found myself at Denny's. Um, sweet, sweet young lady comes and she's like, hey, can I, can I take your drink order? So being from the South, of course, I was like, I want some sweet tea. Anybody with me? Anybody would say, want to thank God for some sweet tea? Yes? It's okay to be thankful for some sweet tea in this room. And so she said to me with like this little slant on her head, it was just like, um, I don't, we, don't, we don't have any. I was like, oh, okay. Because it's, you know, so I'm thinking because it's 3 o'clock in the morning, they ran out. And so I responded back. Well, like, I don't mind waiting. If, they, like, if you ran out, like, you can brew some, and I'll just wait for it, because that's, that's really what's going to, like, appease my appetite right now. That's what I want. Um, to wh- it gets worse. To which she says back to me, um, well, I can bring you some tea and then some sugar packets. How many people in the room know that does not work? That's not how you do it. <laughs> Um, so I've, I proceeded to share with this young lady a pretty, I'm, I changed her life that day. That's what happened, right? I'm, I'm certain that she is still thankful today as she's getting ready for Thanksgiving for the stranger that rolled in at three o'clock in the morning and, and gave her the good news, the gospel of sweet tea. I'm pretty sure she's still, she's still thankful for that. So then I was like, all right, all right, all right I'll just take a Coke. And she says, is Pepsi Okay. Oh, man, it was a bad. I should have left. I should have left. <laughs> it was not okay. It was not okay. But what I, what I want to pull out of that, all right, what I want to pull out of that story is, is that she didn't know what she didn't know, right? She didn't understand that there was more to understand about some sweet tea, that it could be better than she's ever imagined in her life. As I think that this, if we can be honest this morning of, about some of the same things in our own lives, that there's some things that we don't know that we don't know. <laughs> That's kind of deep. But there's things that we don't know that we don't know. And in fact, I believe that it's, it, Romans 12, 2 says it to us like this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if I can point out, this then says to you and me that there's ways to think that we have not yet wrapped our minds around because there's still some transformation that still needs to take place in, in his people. So if we are still to be continually transformed by the renewing of our minds, then, then can we just admit that there's some ways that we're thinking right now that there would be better ways for us to think? Can we admit it, church? There's areas for us to grow. I mean, like, just like the song we were singing, he just keeps on getting better, he keeps on getting better. Only, when that happens, it's because we are allowing our minds to be transformed into the likeness of the way that the Lord would have us to think, that we, would, that we would think the way that he does. So whether it's 
sweet tea or whether it's growing in our understanding of gratitude. Growing in our understanding of gratitude because I think as we allow ourselves to be changed, the evidence of a changed life is a changed life. It's profound and simple at the same time. I'll say it again. The evidence of a changed life is a changed life. It's for you and us to understand that like, we have to have this growing view of God. There must be a growing view of God in our lives. If not, then we will go through lives with potentially an elementary understanding of God, an elementary version of God, if I may. And then we grow up and we start having bigger than elementary problems. We start having adult-sized problems. Life starts throwing us some curveballs. Things go wrong. And so when we don't allow our minds to be renewed, when we don't allow our lives to be changed, then we meet those big problems with a little God, and it starts growing seeds of doubt in our lives. And we start wondering if God is who he says he is. And some people can run from the faith, or some people turn away from the church because they don't understand and they don't allow their minds to be renewed the way they're supposed to be renewed. He hasn't gotten better and better and better because he hasn't been showing up in the ways that they believe that he would be showing up. So we have to have this growing view of God that our lives could be changed and then believe, church, it is our call to be the evidence of a changed life because it is then how he is setting us apart. It is in those ways that he's setting his sons and his daughters apart that we would look different in this world. Anybody can crumble to the weight of difficult things, but not just anybody can stand firm in the middle of adversity. Those are people who are following hard, keeping their eyes on Jesus. He can give us the strength to be able to do those kind of things. So I want this moment for us to be just a, just a little interactive, if I may. All right, because this is Thanksgiving time, and I want us to be able to practice Thanksgiving. All right, I want you to be able to practice Thanksgiving, because how do you get better at something? It's practice. Practice. Practice makes you better. I don't know if it makes you perfect or not, is what we say, but it at least makes you better. Right, you sharpen your skills in that. So practice makes us at least better. So if I were to ask you, what are you thankful for? Somebody start telling me. What you thankful for, church? Life. Life. Somebody already Jesus juked it. Yeah, we're thankful for Jesus. Come on, what else you thankful for? Family. Thankful for our family. Anybody thankful for your family? Mine's in the room. In fact, I'm thankful for my son. He's on the camera back over here. My family's sitting over here. I'm thankful for. Come on, I'm giving my family a hand clap. That's all right. They appreciate that, and they're probably ducking at the same time. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, he's on the camera. I just run a little bit and, like, mess him up. <laughs> Come on, church. What else are we thankful for? Babies. Babies. Let's go. They're so beautiful. We're thankful for the gift that they have in our lives. Are we thankful for food, anybody? We're thankful for sweet tea. We're thankful for college football. We're thankful for the Cowboys, anybody? <laughs> It's okay. These are all the things that we can be thankful for. Are we thankful for our church? We thankful for this space. We thankful for our staff. We thankful for Pastor Kurt. Come on. 
Are we thankful for our team? Are we thankful for the worship that we get to experience because of the talent that's on this stage? Are we thankful for these things? There's so much. We could spend the rest of our lives considering all the provisions of God that we could be thankful for, couldn't we? Couldn't we? We could. And we should, we should practice this. We should, we should count them. We sh- this should be normal things. And in fact, you probably do this maybe around your tables, traditions, like to go around your tables this week in Thanksgiving and say, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? It's good for us to do this. But what about when it doesn't go the way that we want it to? What about when it goes wrong? When it... There's a, all the grandparents in my life have, have passed on. There's one, her name, we called her Mati, our endearing term for her. She's a tiny lady, just about this tall, about that big around. But, man, she was scrappy. Um, if she knew karate, she'd hurt some people. <laughs> There's this little bitty lady. Um, and I... I remember this story being spoken so much because it was such a monumental moment that we learned from her life, something that she understood, a a transforming in her mind, a change that happened in her that we got to observe that has has been transformative in my life just as I think about it, and I want to be able to share it with you. So when she got news that her husband, my papa, had passed away, um, you can imagine that's not... a moment in life where you're, you know, it's where you're thinking, oh, I'm so thankful, is it? And so when, when life throws you the curveball, the, the phone call that you get that you didn't expect, when finances get, didn't go the way they're supposed to go, all right? So like all of these things go wrong. So you can imagine that this moment in her life wasn't what she was anticipating that day. My, my papa had had a heart attack. And we were at the hospital um, and, and the nurses came out and said, we're sorry, he passed away. And so my Monty, her frail little body, she collapsed in the hallway of the hospital. And she's, of course, she's like, no, God, no. (laughs) You can feel it and the hurt and the pain of that moment. But it didn't last long because it gave way to something else. And she said, thank you, God, that you allowed me to have him. Thank you, God, for the years that we got to spend together. Thank you, God, now for the memories that I get to have because of the marriage that we got to have. Isn't that incredible? What about, it's easy for us, and we should, it's easy for us to be thankful fors. All the thankful fors are the things that we've experienced and all the provisions of God, and those come so easy, but can we say that we're really, really thankful for the even those? Even though even though it doesn't go the way that I want to, because I believe that that might be a little bit of what it looks like to move in our understanding, our growth of God. It's like moves us from the, how many people still have, I'll, I'll release the tension in this room a little bit. I give you like the, the little kitty table, y'all still have that at your Thanksgiving? Check out the kid table. Come on, that's where I belong. I mean, really. <laughs> My family says amen. But like, I, like, so really all that's happened is physically I've moved to the big boy table, but I just brought all the, all the kid things with me. That's all I did. Right? But I believe that spiritually what that would mean for us, what does it look like to go to the big boy table? 
I think that it's us realizing there's something more to be grateful for. When you ask, when you ask the kid table the things that they're grateful for and thankful for, and then you ask an adult table what they're grateful for and thankful for, I think those two things sound different, don't they? Kind of like my, my grandmother, right? She's thankful even though. Right, so I believe that there's something in us that where we can recognize that, that our gratitude can grow through and to the even those. In fact, I think David specifically teaches us this. If you think about it, he says, he says this in, in Psalm, in the, in the 23rd Psalm, verse number four, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so maybe you, that's where you find yourself today. Maybe you're in a valley. Maybe you're reflecting over life and you don't feel like you're as far along as you felt like you were supposed to be at this point in your life. Maybe you've heard some hard and grave news. Maybe there's crisis. Maybe there's some things that are going on. Maybe there's some strongholds in your life that you just can't seem to let them go. And so you find yourself in a difficult spot. It's a lot harder, isn't it, to say thank you, God, for such moments. But I believe that we can grow through the even those that life throws at us. Like David is talking to us right here. He says that even though a walk through the valley of shadow death, I'm not fearing any evil. Why do we not have to fear any evil? It's because he is with us in the midst of it all. He helps us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind even when the things in life don't go the way that we thought that they would go. Even though God has not stopped being good. In fact, I can say to us, they're like, if it's not good, then it's not over yet. If it is not good in your life right now, I can very definitively say that it is not over yet because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And so even if death is the end of it, certainly heaven is going to be the good that comes. Amen? Amen? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Anybody in the room, come on, that is thankful that you can recognize that even in, maybe there's some people who moved in your gratitude to the even those. And you can say, like, like David says, that sorrow may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and I know that he's coming. And he's going to come through in my life. And it's not just that I would be thankful for the things that I can see, but I'm going to be thankful for the things that I can't see. And the work that he's doing that is unknown to me because I know he's going to come through, because I know he's faithful, because I know his steadfast love endures forever after me. And he'll sustain me in the middle of whatever life is going to choose to throw at you and to me. <laughs> Paul says it. He learned this same lesson. He learns this same lesson. If you will, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. This is where we'll spend just a few minutes together and then we'll, then we'll wrap up. Have you in time for the kickoff? <laughs> Philippians 4. So let me give you a little piece of context because context matters so much. So if we can read these things that, that Paul is not writing these words. He is not pinning this. He is not sitting in some lush moment in his life as he is thinking these words. He is in the middle of an even though moment. And he's still in the middle of that, still writes these words from a cold, 
prison cell, and he says, against all odds in his life, he, he, he pins this. He says, verse number 11 says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret. If you want to know a life hack, the secret sauce of life right here, he's telling you, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yes. Listen, when you hear this verse, that's a very popular verse. Know it is in the context of being able to be content in little or in much. He's saying, I'm able to be steady the course no matter if life has been great or life has, been, has brought me so much loss. I can be content. This is the secret. And he says, I want you to, I want you to take note. Like, look at it again. He says it twice. He said that he had to learn this. I've learned in whatever situation, so whatever circumstances find you, right? That this secret here that he's learned, that's why it's helping him. That's why this is so important, church, because this is, he was transformed by the renewing of his mind because he learned it. And you and I can be transformed by the renewal of our minds as well. That we could be in this life and no matter what, and I mean, look, listen to me, for him to be able to say that was incredible. And don't you know how powerful these words are because he wasn't in, he wasn't on the mountaintop when he said it. It's easy, right? It's easy on the mountain, but not so easy in the valley because maybe that's then where you find yourself that you're in the valley. And I want to encourage you that you would find contentment in the Lord because it is available to us. Because out of that contentment, right? Contentment, I want you, if you can think of it, it's like this, the roots of where gratitude grows. Right? Gratitude grows, and then from gratitude, it, it, it blooms thanksgiving. And so from contentment in our lives, even when it's rough, gratitude can grow. And thanksgiving can be the lifestyle of the believers. It can be the lifestyle of the redeemed, and we get to be the ones that say so. And how do we get to say so? Because he is with us. <laughs> yes, come on. But this secret life hack, maybe you're just saying, I, I would love. Can we just agree that contentment is a difficult thing to have in this life? You know why? Because social media. <laughs> and social media is rough. It is. It is damaging because it causes us to have a, a, a lot more trouble in being content. So let's face it. <laughs> like when you start scrolling through people's highlight reels. You just start seeing everybody went to the gym again. <laughs> they lost 50 pounds in two minutes somehow. Everybody else somehow is on vacation and I'm not. How is that possible? You have these Pinterest-inspired preschool charcuterie boards for lunches. And our kids maybe get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just kind of sideways, like, hey, good luck with that. I hope it works out for you. <laughs> you know, anybody else feel me? Like, man, I just, it's hard to feel content because I see all of these things and like families who are like, oh, you grew your own vegetables. So amazing. 
That's great. Oh, and you're, and you're sitting at that farmhouse table that you made out of pallets because you obscured them from the back of the H-E-B. That's incredible. Like your life is so beautiful. I don't, I'm not finding myself. In fact, it end up, ends up doing the reverse in my life. I start feeling like I don't measure up. And that's something, I must not be doing something right. Because I don't have all the things that I'm seeing other people have. Right? It's hard to be content in this world, isn't it? I'm saying these things and like, it's funny because it's true. If we can be honest, when we see and we, and we get caught up into this comparison trap, it leads to a very ugly sin called envy. And the envy in our lives, we, y'all, y'all know what they call, envy is called the green-eyed Monster. Yeah, some of y'all have heard that. And it's exactly what it is. It's monstrous in our lives. And I don't know that you and I would put envy in the same category of some other sins, would we? And, but, it, but Scripture does. Scripture lists envy among slander, sexual immorality, and even murder. Like it just lists that this, these things kind of are all together and they're all monstrous in their effects in our lives. But we would be quick to kind of like, well, those are bad, but like envy, I mean, it's, you know. And we miss of the damage that it causes. And when that goes unchecked, when envy happens, we're not content in our lives. And it leads, that discontentment leads to this sin of envy in our lives. And that goes unchecked. Research even tells us that it actually impacts our health. You know that, like, if you, if like an envious life leads to an unhealthy life. Like, go, ch- go fact check that. Go look at it. It robs us, it robs us also of the ability to even celebrate people. If I can give you a definition of envy, get this. Envy is, let it go. <laughs> envy is resenting God's goodness in someone else's life while ignoring his goodness in mine. That's good. I'm going to say it again. Envy is resenting God's goodness in somebody else's life while ignoring his goodness in mine. It is if we're going to let it and allow it to sink in. How important this is because when this goes unchecked, it makes way for worries and anxieties and discontentment and envy, ultimately, which is destructive. It's destructive in your life. It's destructive in my life. And I would say that if, if envy then, if discontentment leads to this envy and it's created such devastation, then maybe what? Paul is writing, maybe then contentment is the cure. So if envy and discontentment has created so much devastation that you and I feel, we see it in other people's lives, we feel it in our own lives, so if envy and discontentment has created such devastation, then maybe contentment is the cure. It's the secret, and it's something that can be learned. I mean, Paul learned it from the Creator, but I want you to just... Simply, if if God brings this back to your mind at some point, I just want you to check and see how many studies have actually been done, scientific studies, psychological studies, neuroscience studies, collegiate-level studies, 
have been done on the idea that says that envy and gratitude cannot coexist. It's impossible. It's like darkness and light. It's like darkness and light. You know that like there's no such thing as a, as a dark ray. Like if you have darkness on one side of a door and light is on the other side of the door, when you open that door, like darkness doesn't invade the light space. Light invades the dark space. And so in that same way, envy and gratitude can't coexist at the same time. So when gratitude comes, envy has to give way. So when you and I recognize the importance, I can't overestimate how important this, that Paul is teaching us that he's learned this secret for this life is for us to learn how to be content in this life. That we would be, from that contentment, let gratitude spring up. And from that gratitude, let thanksgiving be our lifestyle. And the evidence of the changed life is a changed life. People who are living in thanksgiving live healthier lives. That's what he's called us to be able to do. Ben, if you guys want to find your way. Proverbs, the wisdom of Solomon says it this way through God's words. It's Proverbs 14. Verse number 30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. <laughs> Come on, this is, this is not the life that our Lord intended for us. One that is so hard to find contentment, one that is so hard to find gratitude, one that would be hard to find thanksgiving. He would actually have us to realize that, like the peace that comes in our life is going to be a byproduct of our contentment. The, the tranquil life of the flesh, the one that, he's, that he said, hey, my people can be sitting, if we continue and like go back to the 23rd Psalm in your mind, like in the, in the valley of the shadow of death, fears no evil, right? He prepares a table before us where even in the presence of our enemies, even in the presence of all the things like envy that wants to train wreck your life and keep you from God's best and God's fullness in your life. He said, I will allow you to be able to take a posture of sitting over a meal. That's incredible. Anybody excited and just get happy right now when you're thinking about sitting over that Thanksgiving meal? It's gonna be so good. But that is a posture of somebody who is at peace. As a posture of somebody who's recognizing the good things. And he's saying, I can do that even in the presence of all the enemies that want to destroy you. <laughs> you can't have envy and gratitude at the same time. Paul knew this. He's teaching us this. So on this week of Thanksgiving, may we plant deep roots of contentment that produce gratitude and thanksgiving. And be a people that live out the evidence of a changed life because we're allowing our Lord to transform us. And so if you find, maybe you find yourself, sorry, maybe you find yourself in one of those even though moments. We have people that are here, prayer teams that are here, that are help walk us through that together. We can pray over you. We can, we can help us to find, we can help you to find contentment. We can help you find gratitude in places where it's hard to find but I assure you, our Lord is there to meet you where you're at because he's good. 
Church, let us stand up together. Anybody here thankful? (laughs) There we go. Because if you're thankful, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, church, let the redeemed of the Lord be thankful today. And let us go out of here with thanksgiving in our hearts. Let's sing together and worship.